0: Tell me a definition. All good teachers review. What is this word? Good. Worship, what does it mean? I mean to go low, low is a better way. It doesn't just say prostrate. It's just an action. But this has to do with, like, your life. What is this? What's the word I told you? It's a big theological word. Tetra something. Tetra something. Tetragrammaton. Everybody say that. Tetragrammaton. It sounds like a nerd word, but it really is the, a theological word. It's called the tetragrammaton. What is Yetzirah? Ra? The twee of the twi of the twisted eye. That's white. Okay. What is Yetzirah? Tob? Clear eye. Clear eye. Very good. All right. So what is ahava? Love. Give me the definition of this kind of love. No, I want a good definition I gave you yesterday. <laughs> yes. Say it again. to give, she's real close, it's to give without having your own what? That's right. Without having your own needs met. So people say, does that mean God has no needs? Yes, that does mean God has no needs. He stands alone. He is other. And so does he need his needs met? No. But does he respond to something that's like him? Yes so that when we learn to love this way, he responds. He does not just say, oh, that's wonderful. There's a response, a resonation. He goes, oh, very good. Now, today I want to talk to you about some things that are going to stop you from this word. Uh, what is that word? Praise. Okay, now I want you to, to expand your definition of that because it's not just praise. It actually is, the Hebrew is Yehuda. It ends up being Yehudi for a group of people, the Jews. So the Jews are named for those, not just praise, because that concept is very, um, it's kind of Greek and kind of westernized, but Yehuda means a people who are full of gratitude, giving gratitude, giving compliments, compliments. Now, yesterday when I told you the story of my life, this is thankful compliments to God, to thank him. When I told you the story of my life, I told you that there were four babies that were born from Leah. Remember that? Say yes. Okay, those babies were, and their names were Reuben, and it wasn't about a sandwich, okay? And their names were uh, Reuben and, si- and Simeon, or si- Simon, I'm sorry. And then the next one was uh, 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 Levi, not about genes, okay? And all of these names, however, meant Something. I want you to turn in your Bibles pretty please and show you how a name is a prophetic thing. We want to be prophetic worshipers. We want to understand then the concept of prophetic. Would you turn to Genesis 5, very boring scripture? Genesis 5. Genesis 5. Yeah, it's pretty boring. Yeah, I'll save it all if you want for a second. Okay. All right, I'll just stand here for just a second then. now, when you are teaching this because you are sent out not just to necessarily just win people to the Lord, that's excellent. That's like having the baby. Some of you are called to raise the baby. And that is a teacher. And so when you're a teacher, they, your students like you, we don't get it all, all at once. So we have to be told this again and again because we're thick. Because that's why when Paul says, for the renewing of your mind, it doesn't say a one-time thing. It says renew, not just newing. It says Renew. Renew again and again and again because we think crooked, we think twisted. All right, tell me when you're ready, and I'll. Okay, can I erase it now? Yes. Okay. So Genesis five, we're going to read through this. It's kind of exciting. I want you to circle every word I tell you to circle. Can you do that, pretty please? Okay. Are you scared to write in your Bible or anything? Okay. Don't be. Okay. Let me find the scripture. Hold on. Give me one second, dear. Glasses. I found this wonderful miracle drug called Claritin yesterday. Yes. The uh, Vogue was just about to kill me. But thank you, Jesus, for Claritin. Now, the Jews thanked God for everything. For everything. That's why Paul was able to say, In everything, give him thanks. The Jews would thank God for their ability to urinate. I'm grateful for that, aren't you? Wouldn't that be painful if you couldn't? Yeah. The Jews understood blessing. Oh, I have I've erased it. Now, they understood the idea of giving God a compliment. Genesis, what did I say, 5? Okay, good for me. Genesis 5. Uh, two. that won't do, 3. Here comes 5, I bet. Okay. Now, this is a pile of um, hmm, stuff. Descendants of Adam. This is basically family talk, Okay. Okay, <clears throat> I'm gonna, I won't read the whole thing, but I'm going to go through quickly, and if I ask you to circle a name, I want you to circle it. You understand? This is the book of the generations of Adam. Circle that. Circle that name, Adam. In the day when he created him, he made them male and female, la, la, la. Verse 3, when Adam had, was, had a son, his first son's name was Seth. Circle it. Circle that name, okay? Okay. Then the days of Adam, after that he became the father of Seth, and Seth had a pile of children, and he became, in verse 6, Enosh. Verse 7, he talks a little bit more about it, and then it says in verse 9 that Enosh lived 90 years and became the father of a guy named Kenan. Circle Kenan's name. Okay? Okay? Then Enosh lived 850 years and had a pile of babies. La, la, la. We know that. Then Kenan, in verse 12, became the father of Mahalalel. Circle Mahalalel. Then Kenan, Mahalalel, had a bunch of kids, and he became, in verse 15, the father of Jared. Circle it. This is where they went for engagement rings. They went to Jared. Okay. Thank you, Americans. Yes. Okay. <laughs> then Jared had some children, and he became the father of Enoch. Circle Enoch's name. Then Enoch had a pile of kids,
1: and he had a guy named, in verse 21, Methuselah. Then Enoch, the God, blah, 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 blah. and then 25, I became the father of Lamech. And then we're, we're, in, then verse, we're in verse uh, uh, 29. 29. The the his name is go- on this one shall give us, us rest. rest. Interesting. Interesting. All right, all right. So, so all of all these, these names, the reason
0: I'm nailing, nailing this is because yesterday when I did the Tetragrammaton, and I told you that God, even in his own prophetic name,
2: was prophesying
0: something of his nature because to the Jews your name meant your nature. It wasn't just a name. Like in uh, Western culture, you guys remember Michael Jackson? Okay, oh yeah. He had these babies. He named this kid Blanket. What was that about? Why? W- and he just did it to be unusual. And we're pretty, we're, we like to do that. We like to be unusual and unique because that's our pride. See, we think uniqueness is something, but when we have to push our uniqueness on and say, Look how unique I am, I will even cost this child, I'm so unique, I'm going to give this kid a stupid name like Blanket. Now, what are they going to call him his whole name, his whole life, Blank? You know, I don't know. So, the point here is that the name is reflective of the nature. A name is reflective of a nature. There was a movie 20 years ago called Dances with Wolves. Did anybody see that movie? I love that movie, and the wolf gets shot in the end. It makes me really sad. Anyway, I'm feeding that gray and white cat. If he doesn't go with somebody soon, I'm going to put him on the plane with me. Okay? I love the gray and white cat. I love animals, okay? So, um, and it's, you know what? It's biblical to be kind and love animals. Did you know that? No, I'm saying it really is. The Jew. uh, You're right. You're right. Is that Linda or Amanda? Amanda, all right. Go ahead, Amanda. Let me tell you why. Because even in sacrificing the animals, they, did, they sacrificed or killed their animals quickly so they wouldn't suffer. That's how the Jews felt about uh, the, the world. So anyway, so here's this idea of nature. So in Dances with Wolves, there was a woman in that movie, a, a squaw, of an Indian lady, and they, her name was stands with a fist. Now what, when I do this, look at me. What does this say to you about my nature? Strong, Strong and pretty what? Angry. Angry. So her name was a reflection of her nature. Does that make sense? Okay. So as we circle the pile of names here, we're going to go through and see that these names were prophetic were prophetic of what God was going to do. God doesn't do anything iffy. He does it huge. All right, so the word Adam, I'm going to put them up here, and you guys can help me call them out. The word Adam is not a a proper name. In the beginning of the uh, story of Genesis, God did not, oh, I'm going to scare you now. God did not create Adam and Eve, and don't you teach your babies that. God did not call the woman Eve. You find I'll, I challenge you to find that. It says that God created ha-adam. The Hebrew word is ha-adam. It's not hey, Adam. It's ha-adam. And it means, the word actually means mankind. It does not mean male. It does not mean female. It means mankind. In the beginning, God created mankind. Read it in the Hebrew. You'll see what I mean. God created mankind. And then it goes on to say he made it in his image, whoops, mankind both male and female. He says, I have ish, which is man, and I have isha, which is female. Well, I put here male and female. Ish means marked by God, and isha means punctured by God. Can you see how that relates to the sexual Coming together. Yes, question? Ish? Oh, I'm sorry, Isha. Thank you. Uh-huh. Ish and Isha. So it says, In the beginning, God created mankind. It does not say anywhere until after the fall that Ish decides that he's going to rename her. It is Ish that says, Now I'm not just going to call you co partner. Part of the fall is, I'm going to call you mama. I'm going to make you the mama. That's a whole, I have a whole teaching about uh, 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 gender in the end times. Okay. Sons and daughters, when it says he's going to pour out his spirit on sons and daughters, he means it. He doesn't mean that sons are stronger or better than daughters. But the culture, not the culture, the sin nature here from the twisted eye makes us see males as superior To females, it just does that fallen nature is what says you can't have a woman in ministry that's what it says, and then it goes on to say, this fallen nature says, it it became so huge, and I I was in China and in China they're having a terrible time because they're killing all the, they have a law that you only have one child, and if you have more than one child you have to pay a huge fine so in China, that this idea that girls are less than boys, remember we rating, see, boys would be one, girls would be two. This is common even in Korean culture today, I see it. So that what happens is they end up aborting and or giving away or abandoning all their girl babies. So in 20 years, they're not going to get anybody to marry. It's a stupid thing to do. Because God says he made... I am not a fee- 'm not i i 'm not a feminist i'm not a, in the least bit that but I know that God made both equally gave them equal dominion and when he did that he said he said these two are not one and two they are all the same they are in the same pile it's what we call block logic it 's a hard concept to teach all right anyway in the midst of this then what happens is all through history we see that that uh, uh Girls are considered worthless. You see that? Would you see it? Do you know why they put pink booties on girls and blue booties on boys? There's a reason. It has to do with the tree of the fallenness of the twisted eye. Because blue was considered the color of heaven, so boys were heavenly. Pink was the color of red dirt, earth, and girls were considered earth. Even the uh, rabbis, after uh, so long a time when rabbinical things all kind of got going, they would, say, they would stand up every day and say, God, I thank you that today you did not make me a Gentile, you did not make me a pig, and you did not make me a woman. Now that's discrimination. That comes from this tree right here that says white people are better than black people. That my church is better than yours. Did you guys see that yesterday at all in the prayer meeting? I did. I saw you all at the prayer meeting going, now let's all pray for this particular team that's going. And that team went, yeah, we're the best. I saw it. I said, well, there it is again. I see it all the time. That's why we love the Olympics. We love competition because it feeds this tree. To the Jews, competition was not the best thing. Cooperation was the best thing. It was the Jewish thinking. Okay, so here we have this name Ha Adam, or and it means mankind. So write that down someplace. Okay. Then the next word, the next name that we circled. I'll try to put it up here smaller so everybody can see them all. So we got mankind. Mm, I'm so tall. I wish I were taller. Ha Adam. I wish I were thinner. Oh well. <laughs> mankind. Nisha. Isha. Mankind. so the next circle that we did was Seth and the word Seth means the name Seth means appointed appointed and the next word is Enosh and it means a dwelling place The next name that we circled was. I have these backwards. I'm so sorry. I looked at it incorrectly. E- Enosh does not mean that. Forgive me. I've made a mistake. It means mortal man. The next one means mortal man. The next one is Kenan, means what I had for Enosh, which is a dwelling place, a dwelling place. The next one is mahalalal, which means the light of God. The next is Jared. means means, uh, let me put it just right, uh, I'll put it this way. Comes down. That which comes down, D O W N. That which comes down. Enoch. Did I leave one out? No. Okay, I did. Jared comes. Jared comes down. Enoch is where I am. It means yeah. I want to make sure I get this right. Uh huh. Uh-huh, light of God. Light of God comes down. And Enoch means dedicated. I'll squat down after you get all these, okay? Methuselah, Methuselah, spelled it wrong. Means shall I? Have you guys got it? I I want to make sure you get this, okay? Methuselah, I spelled it wrong. Minus two points. His is that right? Do I have to get it right? Yeah. His death brings, his death brings forth uh, Lamech, his death brings forth the despairing. And Noah means rest or comfort. Now, if you notice, I did the Bible did not name all of the children of each of these people, but it named specific people. There is a prophecy here. The prophecy is in the names. It is mankind appointed as a mortal dwelling. The light of God will come down Dedicated, and his death will bring forth the despairing rest and comfort. Whoa. Yeah, That's a prophetic promise in people's names. In the Bible, when it says, and in Revelation, I will give you a new name, it doesn't mean you're going to be called Susie or that you'll be called Sam. Oh, you might be called Sam uh, you, or Frank. It means that you will have a new nature. I will give you a new (coughs) nature. When in Revelation it says, I'm going to give you a new name, I used to think, what would I like to be called? Josephine. But it doesn't mean that. It means that God is going to give the, when a Hebrew says he's going to give you a new name, or God has a name, it's referring to his, the nature that he's going to give to you. And so he's going to place his name, if you will, upon us. His nature upon us. So when we say, don't take the name of the Lord in vain, it's not just about cussing. Don't take the nature of God in a way that misrepresents him. It's huge. That's the life of a worshiper. That's a prophetic worshiper. You guys okay? Do you want me to leave that on the board for a minute? Yes, I'll play a little traveling music. Say it again. Save the whole thing again? I'll, I will, okay. Oh, oh like a, read it this way? Okay. Mankind appointed as a mortal dwelling, period. The light of God will come down dedicated. His death, implying the light's death, brings the despairing comfort and rest. Mankind appointed as a mortal man, as a dwelling place, I'm sorry. The light of God will come down, and it will be dedicated. But the dedicated life, that death will bring forth a despairing rest and comfort. That's a prophetic word. Okay? All right, I'll get out of your way a minute. Let's see, what'll I play? <laughs> <laughs> At Christmas. Don't I mean I'm sorry here in Hawaii. I know. Okay, so we have the concept now that a name actually implies a person's character or something God is going to do in their life or corporately in a prophetic way. Some of you may know the meaning of your name, and maybe your parents were wise enough to wait eight days to like they did in Judaism, to name you. So that the mom and the dad could watch the character and the nature of the baby and name him or her appropriately. My daughter, is was, was adopted, I got her when she was six days old, and she was a baby that she has always had this anger. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't wait eight days. Well, I, did. I named her ahead of time. I went, oh, I'm going to name her Stephanie because I like the name Stephanie. I didn't know any of this stuff then. 36 years ago I was stupid. Well, I'm pretty stupid now, but it doesn't show as much. Anyway, but I, after I lived with her for six weeks, you have to go to the courts after you adopt someone and finalize the person's name. And I couldn't call her Stephanie. I'd look at her. She didn't look or act like a Stephanie to me. So I changed her name to Liza. It seemed to fit her better. That Z with the Z. She had the mm, you know. I think if I had a name it would be eats too many Snickers, you know. <laughs> yeah, Snickers, right. Okay, so let's talk a little bit then. Let's talk a little bit about God's names, and then I'm going to show you the names of some enemies in your life, some enemies in your life that you may or may not realize are holding you back. Doesn't mean you're, you should be scared of them, you just need to be able to recognize them by their name, okay? Okay, Let's see. Uh, let me talk. I'll let you take a, what is it? quarter to ten. Okay. I'm going to talk to you about a couple of the names of God. One is the name, the, uh, we worship a God whose name is Ichad. E H H A D. That's the Hebrew word. Where's my markers? Are they up here? No? Yes. Ichad. I'll show you where that happens in the scriptures. I'll give you the scripture for that. It is uh, Deuteronomy 6 it's actually in the Shema which says hear O Israel, Yahweh is our God Yahweh is one this word God is God is one now the problem with us is that we view that number through our westernized thinking westernized thinking is linear thinking so I think of one as this and then there's two of course and three we think this way And so when we're talking about uh, God being one, we think, oh, he's number one. Yeah, God's number one. But that's not what the actual Hebrew meant. The Hebrews do not think linear. They think in what's called block logic, which I don't have time to totally explain. Except that I want you to know that we, as Gr- uh, Greek-thinking people, want to say, "Well, this is going to happen in eschatology first. Then this will happen. Then this will happen." Like uh, we do a lot of like timetables and charts, and this will be first. And all that. we we think this way. But if Jews read the Book of Revelation, they don't put it in order. They just know it will happen someplace. It's going to happen doesn't matter. The the chronological order doesn't matter to them. It's what they call block logic, so they don't think linearly like we do. So I told this to the kids last night at dinner. For example, uh, Jesus says in Revelation, I am the Alpha and Omega. Have you heard that before? Okay, good. So first of all, those words Alpha, that's a Greek word. And omega is a Greek word. Jesus would not have said alpha and omega. So when the Bible got translated, these people that were Greek thinkers said alpha, and they didn't understand that, God, that Jesus was saying something a little more interesting than first and last, though he says that in the next sentence in that scripture, I'm the first and the last. Let me show you what Jesus would have been referring to because he was talking to Jews. He was talking through John, the revelator, and he was talking to them, and he said, I am the Aleph, which is the name of the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Aleph. Yeah, Aleph. A-L-E-P-H. Okay? And I am the Tav. Now, the letter Aleph, when it was originally written, was not written in a word. It was written in a picture. Do you remember yesterday with Yahweh? Picture? Say Yes. Stay with me now, okay? Aleph. The picture for Aleph is this. the The Hebrew pictograph is this. It's and I'm not very good at this. It's a picture of a bull. What? So the first letter of the alphabet is a bull. Now, uh, the picture of a bull. Now that represents something. What does it represent? When you look at a bull, what do, What does a bull do? What's its function? It charges okay so it's strong i'm going to write these down it's strong charges i'll put charges you said that what else pardon me one more time milk from a bull no that would be a cow this is a boy they make they make babies so they are pro- they are fathers they are. Uh, I want to write her, progenitor. It's a better word. Progenitor. That means they genitors. They. Who said that? A plus. All right. Akin bacon. Yes. <laughs> Sacrifice. Good job. What else? What else is a bull? What else is he? He's a protector. Wow. What else is he? Come on. There's more. He's food. Yeah, here's food. Usually, you kill a cow. The bulls are pretty tough to eat, but that's all right. He's more of a sacrifice, but that's okay. Food. What else? Think about a bull. What? Well,
3: pulling
0: a bull. So he's he's l- strong yeah. Uh, yeah. Laborer. laborer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, laborer. And can I put down strong with that as well? Would that be okay with you, friend? Yeah, he says yes. Okay, strong. All right. So let's stop here. Now, this word tab, the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, was not written as a word. It was written like this. Watch. Ooh. What do you think of when you see that immediately? You think of the cross, don't you? Wrong-o. Because we ju- you just viewed that through your Christian worldview. Okay. But the Hebrews didn't see it that way. When they saw the, the letter Tav, they went, Ooh, that's marking something. X marks the spot. So it means marked. It means singled out. It means specific. So Jesus says, I am the Aleph Tav. He is saying, I am able to charge. I am the papa. I am the sacrificial one. I am the protector. I am the food, and I am strong, and I am full of labor, and I have been marked to do it, singled out. So Jesus is saying in his name, not in his name, in that scripture, this is who I am. Now the concept of this Name meaning something is included in the idea of Echad, one. Because one here does not mean number one, or first. It means in total agreement within itself. Uh, it's Deuteronomy. It's the Shema. Deuteronomy 6. I believe, yeah. Heroes, it right, 6-4. Huh? Deuteronomy 6-4. Now, I don't know about you, but when I come to class, I want to learn something. I want to learn something. So I, I hope that this is helpful to you. I don't want to be, I mean, I'm not against, I'm not a preacher. I love preaching. But I want to know the Bible. I want to know what Jesus, I, I have a friend that's a mess. Is a Jew that became a Christian. He's a Messianic Jew, obviously. And I said to him, he says, what do you want from me? Because I go to him and ask him a gajillion questions. And he says, I, I said, what do you want? I said, I want to think about the scriptures like Jesus did. He says, that's profound. It's profound. So I want to give anything I can to any place I go, this kind of stuff to you, to help you think the way Jesus thought about Torah and the scriptures and about the things he said. So... Jesus is saying, or when it says, God, hero Israel, the Lord our God is Ichad. Now we've been taught, or I've been taught in Bible study in Bible study, in Bible school, that, that, that the concept of the Trinity was a Christian concept, but it wasn't. The Jews in Daniel, when they when they talked about all the prophecies of the Messiah, much of their teaching had to do that this would be a man that would inculcate with God on the earth. So the idea of a trinity, if you will, was not new to the Hebraic thinker. It was not necessarily the thinking of all the Hebrews at that time, but the concept of God being at total in agreement with himself, the ikad business, is essential to understanding Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father. Okay, I need two men. Who will come up? One, two. Come here. Okay. okay. We are going to function ikad. Now, watch. Look what we're going to do. Come here. Hook arms with me. You, you come on this side. I'm the father. This is the son. This is the Holy Ghost, whichever you pick, okay? So whatever, like if the Holy Ghost wants to go somewhere, we go. We all go. If the Father wants to go somewhere, we all go. If the Son wants to go somewhere, we all go. We are in complete agreement with this. It doesn't mean necessary. We're scooching in here because we can't. Get the Father wants to scooch, Okay. It does not mean that I'm number one and the poor son is second and the poor Holy Spirit is third. doesn't mean that. And I'm an ex Catholic and that's what they taught me. They said, well, the father's the big cheese, and the poor son he's kind of in second place. Third place. But the word Ica doesn't mean that. It means that they are co equal. Coequal. It means that they are one in that nature. So when I know that, when Jesus speaks to me, I know that the Father is speaking to me, as is the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I know that the Father and the Son are also speaking to me. I don't have to climb the ladder of success to see the Father. Do you understand that? There you go. Thank you, guys. So the the point is, for example, even uh, even the disciples didn't quite get this because they said, show us the Father. He said, guys, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But the idea of ikad initially means the one that is one. It means a unity within itself. So God is ikad. When I get... Some people say, oh, you know, if I could just get tongues. If I could just get tongues, then I'd have all of God. Well, when you got when you got saved, if we're going to use that nomenclature, when you accepted Christ as your Messiah, when you got saved you received Father, Son and Holy Ghost, you got it all what happens in tongues is he gets more of you he gets more of you so in that context God is Ichad. does that make sense to you? good, very nice, okay let's do another one Let's do. Okay, let's do another name from God. Hang on, I can't do them all, so I'll pick out a couple. All right, we worship a God whose name is Elohim. I'm going to erase this. Is this okay? Can I erase it yet? Yes. Okay. By the way, I like to not have. I like for you guys to write notes because educationally, I am doing something for the visual people. I'm speaking it for the audio people. And I'm giving examples for the tactile learners in here so that I am trying to touch each of you with a way that you'll remember something. That's a good teacher. It is. You're welcome. Learn that. Teaching is not just talking. It's not just talking. Good teachers stand on their head to spit nickels to make sure that their students actually learn something. Not just have to sit through a two-hour, oh, God, when it's over. Okay? Sorry. Get a little commercial in there for good teaching. All right. So the next one is, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's Genesis 1-1 is where I'm grabbing the scripture from. So it's Genesis 1-1. Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God. The word God there is Elohim, L-O-H-I-Y-M. In the beginning, God. There's that word God. Uh huh. Uh, The word God. The word. uh, This part of the word L means strong. Strong. So we got Elohim. Okay. It actually means. uh, It has. I'll give you the picture gra- pictograph of that. You might like it. Okay, let's see. Let me get it right here. Yeah, okay. So we got this, and do you remember this little guy? I told you about him a little bit ago. What letter of the alphabet is that? Aleph. That's the first letter, yeah. Okay, this is a shepherd's staff. It represents authority. So L is this, strong authority. Remember how this could mean many things strong, sacrificial, but it has everything to do with authority. So, strong authority. El.
3: Okay.
0: Uh, let's see. Lohim. This is the plural of this. So, this connects a lot with Ikad because this means plural plural strong authority I know plural strong authority this reflects on again this business so that if the Holy Spirit speaks to me he speaks to me with the same strong authority God he is God now shall I throw you a ringer shall I throw you something that will cause you to think really hard you like ringers uh oh look out okay Whenever the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the scriptures in the Old Testament, watch this, you're going to say, oh my goodness, it's always in the feminine gender.
3: Wow, feminine gender.
0: Now, what that means is that God is, He created us in, in agreement with ourselves to fulfill.
1: Ha, a girl and a boy were a comfortable c- for a girl and a skin. Nobody was a price to dominate the other guy. The other guy. Girls, girls, we girls try to, to, to die to dominate the guys through our cute looks. Cute we looks. try to, to manipulate guys, guys, guys with our charms. charms. And guys and guys try to manipulate us with their strong, with strength. All this manipulation came from us. Primarily, Primarily, we are all supposed to be in total agreement with one another. And that was God's original plan. That's
2: why later Paul says in Christ, there is neither male nor female.
0: It's not this one or the other. It is in unity with itself. It is Elohim recreated in the earth through Jesus. Does that make sense? Good. Okay. Let me give you uh, one other thing, too. That in, there, was, there was a season they called the silent years. Between the ending of the Old Testament, there was about 400 years before we actually hear from any sort of a prophetic thing. They call that the 400 silent years. The end of the Old Testament, there was no prophetic thing at all that people wrote down. But they were waiting for, watch this. They used to call it, they were waiting for the voice of the daughter. Mm-hmm. You know they were waiting for this feminine expression of God's love. Does God have feminine qualities? I'm about to show you He is very feminine. I don't mean that He's a girl. I mean that He, he reflects a lot of the same nature things that a woman is, uh, a woman has. Okay, so I'm going to erase that before they come and take me away. All right? No, I'm I'm not. Can I erase it yet? Wait, wait a second. I'm waiting. Okay. Yeah, if you read the, uh, the uh, Mishnah and all the inter- intertestamental documents, it won't be in the Bible, no, but you have to believe that, and I do, that uh, the Mishnah and all these uh, writings of the Jews were what Jesus studied too. He did not just study just uh, Torah. He studied Talmud, which means he studied commentaries, By the way, he studied with uh, Pharisees. He did. He had pharisaical training. We know that. So when he fusses at the Pharisees, he isn't just fussing at the fact that they're Pharisees. He's fussing at the way that they're treating people. Because wisdom is not how smart you are. That's right. Wisdom is not how smart you are. In a Hebrew's eyes, wisdom is how you treat people. So he fussed at the Pharisees for not being wise. All right, I'm erasing this. I'll give you, a, just to answer your question, because I see you're a hungry little chicken. Watch this. This is not in my lecture. Yeah, you guys are all little hungry chickens. I can tell it's good. You should be hungry to know everything you can about Jesus. I mean, everything. Yeah, okay. So we have uh, the the Jewish teachings are like this in the center of the Jewish teachings are the Torah the Torah is the first five books of the Bible plus uh, it's usually considered uh, uh, the Tanakh T-A-N-A-N-K and Tanakh represents all of uh, the whole uh, Old Testament Tanakh so it's the, this is basically Old Testament this is the first five the Pen- what we call the Pentateuch in Greek. The Torah is the f- first five. Those are the ones that David's band had to memorize. The Tanakh is the rest of the Old Testament, which, by the way, for the Jews is in a different order and includes some other books. Okay, So Jesus read some other books than you've read. Interesting. So here we come. Around the Torah, then, we have a thing called the... Uh, wait a minute. couple other circles this first circle is called the Mishnah this is what's called oral teachings we know that Jesus studied these oral teachings he was a Jew we as Christians dismiss all this we say oh that doesn't count it's all Old Testament no it's what Jesus studied so he spoke out of this information very very fascinating stuff one of the most fascinating things, this oral teachings—these were things that were passed on from generation to generation. Again, 20 years ago, there was a TV series called Roots. Yeah. Remember Roots? And they would pass on the traditions from black person to black person about a drum was Blanca or whatever these words. These were oral traditions. Now you tell stories in your family from generation to generation. Remember you told? Remember that time grandpa da 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 da? Remember he fell down the steps and broke his nose? All those stories were carried in the same kind of context for a Jewish man like Jesus to hear and to to know. And in fact, in this Mishnah, Jesus quotes some stuff from the Mishnah. Wow. Some of the things that you read as his words, he is quoting things that he learned in the Mishnah. Amazing. So outside of the Mishnah, this was all oral teachings. Later, after Jesus was dead, Gemara. Gemara. I spelled it wrong. Gemara. Gemara, this was A.D. This was after Jesus. This Gemara was, uh, uh, these were written, this, they, what they did is they wrote down the Mishnah. They finally wrote down, finally wrote the Mishnah down. But then they added commentaries. So smart rabbis would comment on it. Commentary, commentaries. D-A-R-I-E-S. So this is what Jesus would have studied less the Gemara. He was dead by then. So for me, as a student, I say, hmm. If Jesus studied the Mishnah, which is where I read about the voice of the daughter, if Jesus studied the Mishnah, maybe I should too. Just a thought. Maybe not. Can you preach the gospel without this stuff? Absolutely. But does this enhance? It's like, oh, it's like enough spice, like a a little rosemary in your soup, you know? Just a little sour cream on your potato. Mm. Just a little chocolate syrup on your Sunday. Is it still ice cream? Yes, it's still ice cream. Just a little, you know, just a little bit of onions on your pizza. Where does it say that what testament does it say that in where does it say do not add or take away revelation okay but is it speaking about the bible it says don't add or take away from these words or is it the whole bible so what you're asking me is where do, what does this do for you as a student. Well, what it does for you is it creates a hunger to say, okay, I am going to spend more time looking at what Jesus studied than what Paul said. For me. Just for a while. Am I against Paul? I love Paul. I like him a lot. He's a good guy. He, but he was explaining the concepts that these Gentiles did not know to... to he was explaining, all oh, a lot of this stuff... To the Gentiles that had no concept of the law, they had no concept of Torah, which means the teacher. Torah means teacher. It isn't like just law. I hate that they call it the law. It says, oh well, we're you know we don't we're, we don't have the law anymore. Oh yeah, uh, uh, we don't have the law anymore. Well, that means you don't have the Old Testament anymore. That means you don't have any of the things in the Old Testament. Do you know how many laws there are in the Old Testament? About six hundred and forty something. I'll say 644, I believe. That's Old Testament laws. Do you know how many new laws Jesus and Paul threw into the Bible? 1,050. New Testament has 1,050. So which laws are you not going to bother? Are you going to bother? with? say, I'm not under the law. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. You're under the law of love. You're under the law of Ahava, which says be kind. Of course that's a law. But it's the same law, just newly Enhanced by Jesus and Paul. They're helping us as Gentiles to see that we cannot live lawlessly. You can't live lawlessly, nobody can. You go nowhere with that. Yeah.
3: Sure, I understand what you're saying. But, uh, that example, um, even this one, I was reading letters to the churches, and, you know, like in Revelation. Uh-huh. So I feel like there's warnings. What spirit are you listening to? What are you taking in? What's filtering through you? Um, there's, there needs to be fear of the Lord and knowing. Um, Absolutely. Where are our sources? Um, so where do we? Where do we? You know. How
0: do you know how to draw the line? Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah okay, that's the Lord, fair. When we're in that's a fair. Stuff yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good.
0: good. This is what I would do. First of all, I would not believe anything I say. But I would be hungry to know if what I said had any validity. And how do I find that out? Well, I have to begin to dig on my own. Now, this is my own personal... I didn't learn half of this in Bible school. They teach you the basics in Bible school. But I was hungry. So I began to do all this stuff. And I've read... 600 books about this now are books the answer no do I believe everything in every book no but what I do is I put I funnel through the truth that's in Torah and I say hmm I can see if Jesus studied this would it be wise for me to study now you say wise as serpents and harmless as doves wise meaning does not mean smart it means how you treat people because wisdom let me tell you this wisdom can cause you if you think it's all about smarts and super doctrines you end up with the spanish inquisition seriously these people had read the bible and they were after those jews in spain they were after they killed them they tortured them they were cruel to them all in the name of wisdom so the law that we're under here my sweet friend is a great question Is this This is what guides us in the life of a prophetic worshiper I have to love you whether or not I necessarily know everything there is to know about God see we as Gentiles want to think we can solve every mystery and you can't the Jews understood that God is a big mystery I can't necessarily understand because if I could understand it all I wouldn't need him so he gives us a hunger to keep looking, but he never tells us it's the it's the thing of a king to search it out, yeah good question, um, excellent
2: question
0: okay that's a and that's another great question, and maybe you know, like oh, maybe I shouldn't have brought it up but i I don't think so, I think I should have brought it up. Because there's a movement of foot right now, whether you know it or not, you say, Where's the ch- what, what is the Lord saying to the church? The movement of foot is the Catholic church right now is having secret talks. I don't know how you feel about Catholics, but they're having secret talks about how they can apologize to the Messianic Jews for what they did to them in the Spanish Inquisition. Because there has to be one new man has to come together. And so knowing about this other side of this man of mine, and not thinking that I replace him and not seeing myself as superior to these poor, slobby Jews that killed Jesus, you know, these terrible people. So why do I, it's like saying why, I remember f- 25 years ago, because I never heard this thing about worship and r- lifting your hands. That, 50 years ago, that wasn't even in the church because it's time, this prophetic thing. It's the prophetic time. So that's why I teach it Because I recognize that this is the prophetic time. I see this back to Jerusalem idea and thought. I see it. It's like a little thing just beginning to bubble. Every place I go, people are going, ooh, I want to know that. That's just the same way people were when we said, you could lift your hands and not have to hold a hymnal 50 years ago. Because I was there. And they said, ah, you can't have drums in the church. That's the instrument of the devil. Got to be wise those drums are used by well now here we are I mean with electric guitars no less so it's I think it's time that's why the prophetic is in because we're looking at what God is saying beyond, beyond our current knowledge that's what the prophetic is it's looking outside of and looking into things that are maybe not undiscovered I hadn't read the mission of 30 years ago I have now I read it I'm not suggesting that you have to read it. I'm just telling you what Jesus read. Yeah.
3: Um so when they when you said in the mission they spoke of the voice of the daughter and they were waiting
1: for the voice mm-hmm. of the daughter. When they're referencing that, were they did they know they were waiting for the Holy Spirit? Or like what was their
0: thoughts on their spirit? They're thinking of a prophetic a prophetic leading. In other words, between the end of the Old Testament writing and the beginning of the New Testament writing were about 400 years. Theologians call that the 400 silent years because no prophet spoke or no uh, uh, directive word came. And so they were listening for what they called, we call it the Holy Spirit, they called it the voice of the daughter. Same thing. So they thought the voice of the, the Holy Spirit came through Jeremiah. He was a prophet, it was the Holy Spirit. But they reflected on it and said, where is the daughter speaking through a prophet? that's what they were saying. Okay? Okay. All right. Uh let's that's a good place to kind of hold it. Now, I don't, you know, are you guys okay? You're all right, okay? I'm not trying to preach your heresy. I'm just telling you what Jesus knew. I'm trying to tell you that ahava is the main thing. Ahava is the main thing. Though I speak with tongues of angels and I have not ahava, nothing. That's the new law. If I don't if I'm not looking out for the household, if I'm not caring about people, if I'm not kind, and not thinking, not thinking just of myself in every, con- in every context. Like our little friend today with the picking up of the trash. That was the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to her about something larger than her own life. And it's the law of love. And for a second she said, forget it, I'm not picking that up. And that's okay. And God says, "That's okay. I'll keep nudging He doesn't go, "Okay, I'm not speaking to her anymore." He just ke-. he just nudges. He goes, eh, you know what about it? What about it?" You know, and you go, "Oh, no." And he goes, yeah, "Oh, yeah. Come on." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just nudges, real gentle, because he is gentle. God is gentle. He is a gentle he's a gentle uh, entity. He's a gentle God. He's a gentle father, son and spirit. He is. He can be Listen, he can be mean if he has to. But with his own kids, with his own babies? I mean, you have to spank your kids occasionally, but you don't want to spank them every day. You don't say, you better burp. You're patting that baby on the back. You better burp. You, know, you just keep rubbing that thing until the kid goes burp. It's ahava that's the driving force of all this. It's this caring for, that's why you're a missionary. You care more about another nation than you do about your own comfort. That's what Jesus was teaching. But a lot of that came from, all of that came from Jesus from the Old Testament and his teachings. That's where he got it. It's just another source to find it. Yes, sir. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. ahead correct that's exactly what I'm saying God created mankind said he created mankind female mankind male says in the beginning now the reason this confuses you is be- he created mankind meaning meaning this is a really sticky question so I'll be careful but meaning that he created both female and male identities or expressions of himself. When you read the book of Genesis, again, we try we tend to read it boom, 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 but the Hebrew writers didn't write that way. They'd tell it a little bit of the story, then later they'd go back and give you details of it again. So it, the, in the fact that he says in, in the beginning God created ha- Adam, he was saying he created the co- the... The male and the female expression later he tells you the story of this specific ha Adam and that so you're asking me a big question and I don't know that I know the answer for sure I have a theory but I'm not going to give that to you no, stories, no, and off of oh don't you and I'll talk privately because <laughs> I have a thought about that okay I you know I'm curious That was exactly what drove me to so you and I'll have a talk about that okay I'm not going to put that on the tape okay mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, let's break now for, how long is it, 15 minutes or something? Okay, come and, let's talk right now, okay? Sure. Uh-huh. You can get them online, you can get, the, uh, it's huge volumes, you can just read it, yeah. You can get an abridged thing or whatever. Hello, how are you doing? Good, I'm glad to see you. You did great job leading worship the other day. Really good. Didn't you lead worship yesterday at noon? It was. It's okay. Have you slept since then? It's okay. It was really, it was really good. Hey, you're welcome. Okay, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Somebody stand up and read Deuteronomy verses 1 through uh, 3. Somebody read verses Deuteronomy 1 through 3. Deuteronomy 7, there's Rebecca. All right, nice and not, Rebecca. Amanda. Amanda. Amanda, where's Rebecca? The, there's, okay, I'm sorry. You can call me Bob, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good question. I mean, good reading. Very nice. Okay, I have on here, I have on the board now these two trees that we started out kind of yesterday with. And I'd like to um, talk to you about the fact that God wants us to make the journey, if you will, as prophetic worshipers, from this twisted eye, which means we don't necessarily get a good look at God, to the place where our eye is clear. A clear eye indicates generosity, a giver. It indicates ahava, which is giving to the household. It is this, beholding. To move from the twisted eye to this, which is stinginess, this hook, to a clear eye, is really conceptually to move from the wilderness to the promised land. Kind of is. So when we talk about moving because God wants you to move from here to there. And it takes an eternity. No, it doesn't take eternity. It takes a long time. So I was at dinner. You were at dinner with me last night, weren't you? How many years have I been saved since 76? Would 37 I've been saved 37 years. That's a long time. Older than most of you. I'm really old. 37. Now, I thought that by the time I had walked with the Lord 37 years, I said this last night, I could be the Pope. I thought that after 37 years, I would be this stunning Christian. I would be able to leap walls and cast out demons, and I just thought and I would be filled with all the light of God. Well, what I find is after 37 years if this is where I started and that's where I want to be, this is how far I've moved. Now, when I was young, like you are, I thought, I'm going there. I'm going to be the best Christian ever in the whole world. And I find... That because of my twistedness, that I don't even hardly see in my life, hardly, that I made it about here. And God is not disappointed with that. He loves the fact that I want to get there, He loves the reach. He loves the reach. And it is not, he doesn't measure, say, well, that was a 10 reach. You made it to, you made it to 2, you should have made it to 10. He doesn't think like that. His love does not have this rating system. Well, Terry, you, you only made it to 4. Well, all right, someday maybe, you know. Right. It isn't like that at all. For him, he thinks the fact that you're reaching at all is huge for him. So when we read Deuteronomy 7 just now, this, was, this has a, a decalogue or not a decalogue, as a catalog of names of tribes that are in the way of moving from wilderness stinginess to generosity now I want to tell you a story as a music person here, I get saved and I love the new music that I'm hearing because I'm, I'm a Christian and I think that all Christian music is hymns I go to this worship conference. There are two speakers at this conference. The one speaker is young and charismatic. If I said his name, you would know it. He's old now, but you'd still know it. And I was just a groupie like this. <laughs> oh, and during, uh, he was speaking. He was wonderful. Then was this older man that was a wonderful speaker too, but I was so enamored with the young one. Not because I wanted, I was married, so it wasn't that, okay? But I was just enamored. Oh, so at the end of the, at the end of the meeting, you know how the speakers will come down off the platform and kind of mingle? So I'm thinking, this is my chance. I'm just going to go and gush. I'm just going to go and gush. Come here. And so I go up to him, and I go, oh, and I'll call him Scott's and such. And, oh, Scott. I just And I'm talking to him, and I'm so excited about this. At the same time, the other speaker comes down, and he's over here. And I'm just going. Now, as I'm talking to Scott, he is so not interested in me because I am nobody. So as I'm talking, he's looking over my head, and he's like waving at people and, yeah, and giving them. And I'm trying to talk to him, and he just gives me a kind of a comfortable nod, but doesn't give me any eye contact and walks off into the crowd. Now, I was crestfallen Because he's twisted. At the same time, I'm kind of like this now. Well, fine. At the same time, this older gentleman over here, he has kind of watched this. And he comes, comes, he's this big speaker. If I said his name, you might know it too. He comes over to me, and I'm kind of like this. And he taps me on the shoulder, and he says, excuse me, he says, my name is, and he says his name, Sam Sasser. He says, my name is Sam Sasser. I think I'd like to get to know you. Would you have a cup of coffee with me? Now, lawless, twisted, generous, ahava. Now, he didn't just talk to me then. He made a friend of me. He kept in contact with me a little bit. I mean, not like he came to my house. But we were friends. We were connected. And I said to the Lord, Lord, if and I'm a baby Christian, I said, if I ever am in a place where I'm speaking to people, I want to be like that one. I want to be one that, and I didn't know this stuff then. I just knew that what he did touched me because he was wise. How he treated people. This guy was smart. He knew all the answers. He could play every key in the world and could lead the, I mean, the people just exploded in worship. But he wasn't wise. Wisdom for Jesus was how you treat people. How you treat them. Even with his guy, Judas, he was not cranky with Judas. He was nice to him even said to him, knowing, hey, I know you got to do something. Go do it. And he felt badly that Jesus was kind of lost to him. He felt badly, not Jesus, that Judas was lost to him. He felt bad about that. So, when we read this thing in Deuteronomy just now, what time does that say? 11, 11, okay. Um, When we read this, we listed out a bunch of enemy tribes that want to stop us from being this, from moving from this to this promised land, from wilderness to promise. The promise is in you. The minute that you accepted Christ, you got all of him that you'll ever get. But he will set up circumstances in your life to extract from you all those times you stood at the altar and said, oh God, use me. And he says, okay. I'm going to put you in situations where you're going to be hidden because I want to use you later. I'm gonna hide you I'm gonna hide you and I'm gonna make you wait because I always save the best wine for last. When I was born again for about two years I knew that I would do what I'm doing right now. I knew that I would t- I, I, I knew I could teach. Do you know what the Lord had me wait about he 20, 20 25 years put me through hell during that time to knock off all this twistedness out of me to the place where I'd say okay God if nothing changes if I never get that promise I'm your girl so we talked about yesterday that's his kind of love back at him so let's look at these tribes and see what is it that wants to stop you and I because it does stop us Okay, the first tribe that, that she named, little Amanda, named, did I say it right? Okay, Amanda, Amanda and Rebecca. Why can't I get this? You, now, you can call me Pastor Bob, seriously, okay? <laughs> Hittites. I don't like this marker, it's kind of dying a terrible death here. Let's get green. Hittites. And we already know, Hittites, that names mean something about their nature. Yes, we learned that, yes? Okay, for example, we learned Ichad. We learned, uh, we learned, uh, what else we learned? Shaka, we, uh, we learned God is Ichad. We learned that he is Yahweh. We learned that he is uh, Elohim. We learned all those things. Hittites. Before I go Hittites, I just remembered I want to tell you this. The name El Shaddai, you know, oh, you know this. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Therefore, the name must be gentle, right? Oh, no, it's not anointed. <laughs> so, El Shaddai is not one of the enemies. I'm going to put it down here. El Shaddai. Well, we know what El means. Do you remember from Elohim? What does El mean? Strong, strong authority. Do you remember that? We had a picture for El. Very good. It was the uh, shepherd's staff and the bull. What letter of the alphabet is the bull? Aleph. So, strong authority. El. Hmm. Shaddai. Here's the uh, 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 word picture or the pictograph for that. It's this. Shaddai looks like this. What did you say? Very good. It is a picture of front teeth. Now, not only is it a picture of front teeth, it has other meanings. It means that which hangs down. Because your teeth hang down. And that which chews. So you got what's hanging down here, okay? That which chews. What this word means, watch this, this is so wonderful. El Shaddai means the strong authority from whom you can nurse at his breasts. Wow. I can nurse at his breasts they hang down and they are full of nourishment and i can put my mouth on them i can i can suckle from my king wow that is an amazing truth wow so people say oh well you know just got to have feminine characteristics boom there it is there it is boom Say it again. This is strong authority. Remember that? Authority. This is two teeth. Can also mean that which dangles down. Can mean two breasts. Beasts. Breasts. So El Shaddai, or two beasts. uh, El Shaddai means, El Shaddai means the strong authority from which I can nurse. He's not some hard-to-get-close-to guy. He will take you in his arms and say, let me feed you. When it says there's promise, in the promised land over here, it's, it's going to be a land of milk, watch, and honey. Amen. Milk and honey is a, an idiom for breast milk. hmm So when we make our trip here, we will be able to taste, if you will, we will be able in this land of milk and honey, I will be able to nurse from him in great capacity. How wonderful is that? That is extraordinarily good. Okay, so where's the marker? There it is. Okay, so we're back to the Hittites. We're still learning that names mean something. And so I'm trying to move in my 37 years from being twisted old tear to being not so twisted old tear to the land of milk and honey. Hittites, the word actually means those that cause great fear. That's what their name means. This tribe was called those that cause great fear. Great fear. As I'm trying to make my way, the big enemy, the big enemy is fear. Fear will stop you in your tracks. I hate to fly. I hate it. I usually throw up. I get so anxious. And in my what I'm doing now, I have to fly. So either I'm going to do and face this fear or I'm not. Fear is the one thing and let me just say this, you're afraid you'll make a mistake. Make a mistake. God has a huge jar of white out. Just daubs it on. Says, Try it again, kiddo. Nothing is fatal with God. The only thing that's fatal is it says that he isn't God. That's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Everything else is touchable, redeemable. Redeemable. It's just who he is. He's so Ahava. Oh, I care so much about us. So Hittites, we gotta we gotta conquer that. What if I play and I don't do well? What if I spend the money and da 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 da, da? The next tribe that she called out there are the Gurgeshites. Now this these these two tribes usually hung together, and when they would approach a city or they would approach another tribe they kind of w- would work together this is this means the unknown outcome so i can be afraid but i usually am afraid because i don't know what the outcome will be what if i risk and it doesn't come through what if i say to god i'll do this <sighs> and then I look like a fool. What if I say I'll lead worship? And I've never done it before. I'm scared, first of all, but what if then they, they don't worship? This, this guy right here is the reason that people get nervous leading worship. <gasps> what if they don't like me? What if the Holy Spirit doesn't come? Oh, this is what stops you from moving from the twisted eye into the place where you are able to rest. Noah, you're able to rest and have his yoke upon you. There's so much, so deep. Okay, anyway, I gotta move. Okay, Amorites. Amorites. This, This tribe, this name actually means those that demand unique privileges unique privileges demanding unique privileges in other words they are so special when they would come and fight they felt that somehow they were super distinct this is super duper pride right here Un- unique privilege. Privilege. I DG. Is that how you spell it? Privilege. No G, no D, something. You know what I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she just went, oh, I can't spell it under my breath, you know. Now, I was... Uh, just beginning my kind of international ministry. Woo! That shouldn't mean like that shouldn't mean squat to Just means you throw up on the plane and you sleep in a different bed. Okay? That's basically what it means. And you get a chance. The good thing of it is you get a chance to be with sweet people. Now that part of it I love. I don't like the throwing up, and I don't like when people try to carry you around on a pillow. Oh, let me carry you around. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just let me be a person with the person. Let me sit down with my Philly cheese steak sandwich and eat my tortilla yeah. chips with you. Yeah. That's, I want to be like that guy. I just want to hang out. You know, I want. I like you guys. I like you. It isn't just I have to teach you. I just plain old like you, All right? Isn't that and that? Isn't that nice? Because some people that are on the platform are unapproachable. They live in unapproachable light. <laughs> now, I've seen that because I've been and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you can feel that, can't you? Yes. Okay. So anyway. Amorites demand special privileges. So I'm on one of my first invitations. And I always wanted to be like Joyce Meyer. I think she's a great teacher. So I thought I'll look like her. So I cut my hair really short and made a helmet out. I bought a sparkly suit. High heels. Mm-hmm. And I tried to emulate, like she's real strong, and you know, I tried to be, I wanted to be like her. So I tried, and you know, I think God just chuckles the Oprah sad thing. Um, so I'm in Atlanta, sing that song. Um, I'm in Atlanta, and I, those of you that don't know, like it's a lot like Hawaii, it's real foggy, and there's no fog, but there's fog. And uh, the, the airport oftentimes gets shut down because the fog rolls in or whatever. And I am the keynote, watch I'm the keynote speaker at a huge women's conference I mean there's probably 3,000 women waiting to hear from me <laughs> And so I'm, I'm young, this is 20 years ago 15, 20 years ago, anyway So the planes are all delayed because of the fog So I'm at the gate And of course there's you know, hundreds of other people that want to get on the plane Well, I muscle my way through up to the, to the uh, counter and I say to this, this lady that's working the thing, I said, look, I am the keynote speaker at a, at a big conference. I said, I really, if there's another seat on the next flight, I really need to get it. She looked down at my ticket and she said, well, Reverend Terry, seems like you're used to having your own way. why yes (laughs) what else could I say it's an example of where I demand unique privileges it's Amorites it's this tribe that says and musicians fight this a lot we like to be unique and artistic if we have to be unique and artistic all the time we are carrying this tribe with us this is why we dress kind of cool sometimes, you know. And plus, musicians are deep. I'm deep. So I play in minor keys. Nobody's as spiritual as I am.
3: Nobody really sees what I am.
1: Profit, and they don't recognize me. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Me. and me.
0: a musician. Yeah, I should. Okay, now. In my spare time, yeah. Uh, I have a definition for musicians because I am one. I can say this. Because what I just did is exactly what I, what I just did here as a game. I have done before and still do sometimes. Yeah. Musicians, my definition is this. They are temperamental. 10% temper, 90% mental. <laughs> As a breed of people, and then that feeds into this thing where people say, Oh, you're anointed. Oh, of course I am. I'm deep. You're so anointed. Yes, you can see it. You can see that I'm anointed. And then, of course, I go, Oh, no. Oh, no. I can't possibly. Oh, no. And inside, going, Yeah. They think I'm anointed. That's the reality. That's just who we are. And it's just this little twist. Is God mad at you? No. But he will set up circumstances to make you wait. He will. You say, I'm yours. Everything I have is yours. He says, fine, sit on the table over there for about 20 years. What? That isn't what I meant. Oh, I that's what I'm saying. Ooh, ooh, even Paul the big cheese paul had to wait a long time long time jesus 30 years old and he's putting up with mary i don't mean this in a bad way but mary and joseph are fallen people and he's obey this is the king of kings lord of lords he's obeying his dad that says go get some more water for this uh, thing i'm building right here he's just doing it he had to learn obedience through the things that he suffered That's a good thing. That's what makes you real. The world, the Christian world, is full of plastic fruit. It is. God is looking for the real stuff that can be eaten and will feed the household. So true. So true. Okay. So we have three tribes so far, those that cause great fear, those that make us wonder about the outcome. When my husband left all those years ago, I just thought, why is God doing this? What's going to happen to me? I thought that as a Christian, I had insulated myself against anything negative. Particularly, I'm giving my life away to the church. Or I'm a missionary. I'm giving my life away, God. Aren't you going to insulate me against difficult things? I love you enough to tell you, God says, not always. Difficult things are what make you real. David wrote a lot of poems from a cave called Adulam. Remember Adulam? We'll hear what Adulam means. The word Adulam means the place of poop it was the outdoor it was the uh, desert's bathroom everybody went in there to go poo poo yes way a dulem wrote a lot of music in there in the sewer is where he was there's fresh poop everywhere people went in there to relieve themselves they'd go pee pee and they'd go poo poo Saul went in there to relieve himself. He was kind of vulnerable. David saw him. He's like, shoot, he's kind of in a, he's in the, as we call the squatty potty position. You'll see when you go on, yeah, the squatty potty. He's in the squatty potty position and so David says, hey, I could take advantage of this. Tears off a little piece of his robe. Proof that David was in a dulem. Now, I personally think that we should manufacture for the Christians a t-shirt that says this, a dulem happens. Yeah, because, yeah. It is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So if you do it, I get some money because I'm self supporting like you, okay? All right. So here we are Uh, Amorites demanding special privileges, unknown outcomes, and great fear. The next tribe is. Where's my marker? Somewhere. Green marker. Piano. Piano, Piano. thank you. Uh, The next tribe is Canaanites. Canaanites, C-A-A-N-A-I-T. Yeah, I don't know how you spell that. Yeah, spelling two points. All right, minus two. All right. Canaanites. I don't know how you spell that. There's two ends. Okay, C A N a-A, Knights. Okay, I got my two points back, okay. Canaanites, these are the people, now watch, I don't want to say something weird here. I'm not saying this. These are people who love, not just have, but who love money. The Canaanites were a very rich people, and they loved money and stuff. They loved it. Now, how does this manifest in a a worship leader or a missionary or anything like that? Well, for some reason or other, the big mark of whether or not you're a successful musician in our current culture is, do you have a CD? Sad to say, that's the big mark because it is so non-necessary. It is in our world, but it is not in God's eyes. He uses it, of course, but this is what I used to do with my CDs. I don't have them anymore, but I'm when I used to sing. So I would, they would ask me to come and lead worship and speak at a, at a conference. And so I would bring, you know, 100 of my CDs. Now, on my CD are several songs that I really, I've written that I like, right? And I look out at the group of people, the congregation I'm supposed to be leading worship for, and these are all older women, and older men they are, they are not necessarily um, people that are going to res- respond to kind of my upbeat songs but I don't care because I'm going to sing my songs to make sure that they hear them so that they'll buy my CD that my friends is the Canaanite in us and the Canaanite says, I should be singing to these old people with their little blue hair.
3: Uh, I should sing oh,
0: what came I am?
3: Amazing Grace.
0: I should sing that because then they would respond, How sweet the sound. Yeah, they'd like that. They wouldn't respond to that, but instead I'm singing, let's see, uh, what did I know?
3: my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. I'm singing all these songs,
0: that reggae, and they're like this. I am not doing what I should do as a worship leader. Let me show you what a worship leader should do. Uh, you. And you.
3: This
0: is what your job is as a leader. You're going to be humiliated, so
3: get ready. Okay, okay.
0: I, am, I am the worship leader, okay? This is God. This is the bride. My job is to take the hand of the bride and the hand of God and put them together. <laughs> now, lots of times as a worship leader, if I want to sell my CDs, this is what I do. I take the hand of God and I take the other hand of God and <laughs> put
3: them <Yeah>. dance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, and the bride just stands, come on. You do No, and the bride just stands and watches. But I think this is a great anointed time. My goal should be, get ready. To take the hand of God and the hand of the bride and let her dance with him. <laughs> is Ahava. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you very much. That that is Ahava. I'm looking out for the household. I care about the bride more than I care about selling my CDs or singing my own songs because I'm so special. And so deep, nobody's ever heard these great songs, so I'm going to make sure nobody else will sing them, I'll sing them I remember thinking that come time to lead worship and I'd put in, pack in five or six songs that I had written because nobody else is going to sing them so I'll pack them in there it's not Ahava and it's not the promised land and it's not what Jesus would do So Canaanites are so absorbed in money, material stuff. Now, am I against money? Absolutely not. Do I think you have to be poor to be spiritual? Absolutely not. I don't know if that cuts across the grain here, but that's in my opinion. I don't think you have to be poor to be spiritual. The only person that you have to be spiritual for is God. You don't have to be spiritual for anybody else. So if you're trying to be spiritual for other people, forget it, it's not worth it. Spiritual for God means that you are bringing his glory to your life. What does that mean? Well, glory is his nature, his characteristics. Moses said, after seeing, Moses saw the Red Sea open. He saw the Nile turn to blood. He saw locusts and and bugs descend from heaven and fill with frogs and cover the land. And he says to God, show me your glory. So glory can't be just supernatural stuff. Can't be a cloud in the room. When it says his glory shall cover the earth, does that mean everybody will get gold teeth? No. His glory. He goes on later in chapter like thirty-five of Exodus. Uh, it says uh, he says, "Show me your glory," and uh, uh, God says, "Yeah, yeah. You can't see my. You can't see anything but my, my behind, my back end, basically." And so Moses is kind of, okay, fine. But about six verses later, second column on this side of the page in my Bible, it says, all of a sudden, God decided he'd change his mind. He descends right in the front of Moses. He stands right to him, and it says he stands face to face to him. It says he actually is nose to nose with him in the Hebrew. Whereas six verses ago, it says, you can only see my bottom. Here he says, you really want to see my glory? And Moses says, "Yeah, let me see it." And he begins to list off all the things that are his glory. His glory is that he's full of loving kindness; that he's merciful. He reads off this decalogue. He says, "I am, I am this, and I am, the, I am slow to knows." Do you remember yesterday? I am slow to knows. everybody flare your nostrils God is slow to flare his nostrils we think he gets angry quick his glory is that you and I would be slow to nose that's why he says I'm patient He goes on and he tells all about these things. He's talking about God's glory. He's saying that his nature, his name, needs to come into the earth in every aspect, not just what we do in church. But if you're uh, with your roommate in their room and you get up and get yourself a glass of Coke or a glass of something to drink, and you let the other people just sit there and you don't even think that they might want Coke, even without asking them, just bring it. I had a lady just give me this. I didn't ask. This is Ahava. She thought about me. 't get it you don't get a prize for that you get a new name that's great so the Canaanites they don't care about that as long as I get the stuff or the amorites as long as they get the attention okay so it's pretty tough stuff to be one of us Christians where's my marker again somewhere over oh, in the green thing again all right the next tribe that we're looking at, Tomorrow we're going to talk about the power of music and the power of praise. We're going to talk about that. So don't you miss, don't you sleep in. Okay, parasites. Parasites. Parasites, okay? This tribe when they would conquer a nation would scatter the whole tribe. Nobody everybody was forced from their home. So they were scatterers. Hmm people that divide. Mm. Okay, I guess I have to tell you this story. I'm hearing it in my head. So I'm brand new Christian, and um, I go to this church, and they're singing this contemporary music, and I'm loving it. But I go to this church, and the lady that's playing the piano has blue hair. because She dyes it too much. You know that kind of older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Older ladies, I haven't dyed mine yet, but. Anyway, and I go to this church, and I like this church, and she plays the piano like this. I said, God, I know why you've brought me to this place. So I make an appointment with a pastor. I say to the pastor, hey, listen, I will do anything. I just want to come and serve the church. I'd learn enough Christianese to say that. I just want to serve the church. And so he said, okay, well, let's make an appointment. So I met with him at the church. And he says, well, what are your gifts? I said, well, I play the piano a little. He says, well, let's, you know, let's go in the sanctuary. I said, okay. So he takes, takes me into the sanctuary. And we sit down on the front row, and I've been going to church long enough to know that if you sit on the front row, you're very important. And um, nobody got that; that's okay. So I'm sitting on the front row, and he says, "You know, this is what we do here. Da da, da. What, what do you think you'd like to do?" He says, "I said, well, I, you know, I'm a musician. Would you, you know, I can play a little." <laughs> he says, "Well, let me hear you play." I said, "Well, what would you like me to play?" He says, "Well, I'll tell you, we sing Amazing Grace around here all the time." I said, "Well, I'll try." So I did this.
3: Oops, I didn't do that.
0: So we say, he says, come back and sit on this front row. So I'm thinking now he's going to say to me, you know, why don't you plan on being the piano player here at the church? I'm thinking, I've made it, right? So he says, well, I'll tell you. He says, are you sure you would do anything? He says, because this is going to be, you know, something I'm going to ask you to do. And I said, okay, whatever you, whatever you say, Pastor. And so he says, well, what I want you to do is to sit in this front row. I thought, I'm in. He says, I want you to sit there for one year and not do anything. I said, okay. Inside, I was really angry. I thought, what a doofus this guy is. So I did what he told me to do. I sat on the front row, and he'd come along, and I'd say, hello, pastor. Inside, I'm seething, you know? And um, pretty soon, I got to know some people in the church, and I'd say, hey, why don't you guys come over to my house, and we'll have a little worship time. And I'll play, and you can all sing. And they went, oh, yeah. So they'd come over maybe once a week. And before you know it, all of the people kept saying things to me like, why aren't you playing the piano at the church? Which is exactly what I wanted them to say. I was beginning to scatter and divide the church. Now, I want you to know that a pastor in leadership usually knows everything that's going on. I was a pastor for a while, and I knew all the bad stuff that was going on. And so this pastor knew that I was being a stinker, but every Sunday he'd come to that front row. He was a good man. And he'd place his hand on my shoulder, and he'd just begin to pray and bless me. He'd say, Lord, I just... And he just was ahava in reality. He knew what I was doing. He knew I was trying to break up his church. But he was Matthew 5. Pray for your enemies. He knew how it worked. So at the end of that year, obviously, I had changed a little. I no longer wanted to divide the church. Now I wanted to bring her together. But it took me a year of sitting and doing nothing. I think that was the brightest man in the world. I was so full of myself, and still am. I was so full of myself, and so thinking I had it together. I was special, unique. I was going to make money, and I was sure of the outcome. All those enemies. I I was going to make this happen. And he was so wise, and he said, just like a good father, he said, you just wait outside there for a little bit. That's the way God deals with us. Yes? I went back to him. I went back to him. No, he never did. Mm-mm. Because I changed. He, he blessed me. I saw him behaving differently. And I was reaching for Jesus even though I was a mess. No, he never had to. I kind of, like, the Lord did it for me. Not always. I, you know, whatever. Um, okay. Okay. So causing scattering, dividing, saying, oh, this! I could do it better than this leader. I could play the piano. I could lead the worship, da da, da, da. We all rate ourselves. We all go into this stupid tree and said, I'm number one and he's two, or no, I'm two and I want to be one. No, I'm three and I want to be one. No, I'm two and I want to be three. This whole stupid rating system that we play into all the time. We just play into it all the time. Which, te- which team is going the farther going to win the most souls? I mean, it's there. I don't mean that as a. I'm just saying this is not the way God thinks. He says, "I'm glad somebody's going. I don't care if they get the most. I'm glad they're reaching. I'm glad they're glad to go." He cares almost. I would not say almost. I would say as much about your reach as your accomplishment. That's what I think. Anyway, <clears throat> next, Hivites. This tribe, when it would take over would, after the parasites had scattered them, these two would come together and these guys would settle in and would not allow any changes settle in this is what they, they would do. settlers, they would not move on. They were there in that city forever. They would take over and they would settle in. Now I believe, like I said earlier, that there have been some moves of God. There have been some emphasis of God. I think that God is always emphasizing evangelism and missions. I know that. But I remember 50 years ago when the worship movement came into the church and we stopped playing the organ and we began to bring in the drums and the bass and the guitar and we were criticized and persecuted for all that because it wasn't of God. You have to say it that and snap your D. God... And when you do that, it's like, oh, it can't be true. How could a hymn not be in a hymnal? How could they use an overhead projector? Oh, these are terrible sins in the church. The church is going to hell. That's what they basically said. And I'm old enough to remember that. And then the the new move of God, there are two kind of, well, three as I'm thinking. uh, Three things I'm seeing that are moving. And uh, one is prayers coming back into the church. It's coming. I see it because of like houses of prayer springing up, so that it's not just evangelism. It's like intercession, and I'm going to talk about the difference between just prayer and intercession. Big difference, big difference. Intercession's coming back to the church. You know what else is coming into the church in a greater measure, in a fruitful way, is the prophetic, not in just gibber jabber, but like inner fruit. I prophesy inner fruit over you. I sing inner fruit over you. I don't tell what man you're going to marry. Or, you know, I'm not gonna fuss with all that. I'm just gonna tell you about what God sees that's good about you. That needs to come back to the church. The next thing that I see is that there's a movement back to our elder brother called the Jew. The Jew is our elder brother. I believe that scripture that says turning the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers is about that movement. They are the elder brother. We should take the seat of secondary. They were God's chosen. We get to come along. That's what I see. But the church sometimes is not ready for that. So one time when I was asking the Lord, I said, well, what's this, what does this look like? And he says, well, it looks kind of like this, Terry. He says, I have this big limousine called the God Limousine, and I'm driving along, and I see people along the road here that are saying, we want whatever's next, we want want to go with you, we want to do the, the new thing in God, we want to move on. Now, keep in mind that this has been going on since the beginning of religion. The Methodists wanted something new. The Presbyterians wanted presbytery the uh, Catholics wanted the Lutherans everybody wanted the next thing that God was opening up to them it's good it's good to be hungry it's good so he says I'm driving along and these people are going flagging me down we want to go with you fine get in the car God says he's driving along and they're talking about all this good stuff and everybody's saying yeah this is what we're going to do and and he says well you know let's stop here and rest a minute and what I want you to do is just you can get out and kind of walk around stretch your legs what happens is people get out and stretch their legs, and as they're stretching their legs, they're going, this would be a good place to do all these things we've been talking about. We could have presbytery here. Look at this beautiful place. And they make this establishment. And they hang there, and so God climbs back in their cries, Honk, 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 honk. Come on, we're going go to go. The, and they go, but we, look, we got all this. How can we leave that behind?
3: Honk, 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 honk.
0: And God says, Do you really just want to stay there? Oh, well, we love this. this, is, this hat. We're comfortable here. This is good. This is good. God says, I love you. Kiss you. Bless you. I'm going to go on now. For I'm down the road a little bit. And there's some people down here that are going to wave and say, We want what's next. And that's the way God works through the earth. You, and it's not mad. It's not mad. I went to the International House of Prayer hating prayer. Truly. They hired me to come to this place and I didn't believe in prayer. I thought they should have called it the International House of Worship. I was in on that. But prayer. But God said, you need to go there for a little bit. <laughs> huh? oh, I don't want to go there. That. That's eight years ago. <laughs> How do I don't get this. I don't know. And I'll tell you another story about that. Later, as we finish, I got to finish this today. But so the Hivites want to settle in. If you, if you're saying to yourself, "Well, this is, you know, this is all there is, Christianity." There's never all there is. God is this huge mystery, and He needs to be explored and reached for, and and, and strained for. Like God, what is it? Not just in my life, but what is your big plan? I like. We sang a song yesterday. It was I think you sang it, uh, Mr. Worship Leader? It was like I want my dreams to be your dreams. Did you sing that yesterday? I loved that song. I said, yes, God. Because usually we're saying, God, whatever dream I have, please make it come true. I love that he said that. That's Ahava. He says, I don't care about my dream. I care about your dream. I care about somebody else's dream. That's Ahava. Anyway, so Hivites want to settle in. Last one. And then we're going to be done for the day. And then you'll go and have a nice lunch. Okay, Jebusites. These are all enemies that don't want you to make it over here. You have to recognize these enemies and address them. And I'll tell you a little bit about this. Jebusites, okay. This word means, though, this tribe brings about discouragement. Which equals later, self-pity. Now, I... Come from a very depressed family. My mother, I love her, but she sees everything is negative. And so I like my minor
3: keys. She liked her minor keys. I would sit in the rain and
0: I could play A minor and E minor on my guitar, and I just go, I'm so deep, and nobody gets me. I loved that. It felt good. It felt right. But it's an enemy. It's an enemy. This is a song I want to teach you about the enemy of God. This is is you. Look up here. This is you. This little fist, this is you. This old man, he plays rough. He fights Jesus, sure enough, with a knick-knack, paddywhack, whack Don't give this guy a bone. This old man must be dethroned. That's the truth. Discouragement and self-pity always raises up above what God wants us to do. Always. My daughter, I adopted her. My baby, I couldn't have babies, so I adopted my daughter. I wanted babies. I thought God was the meanest person in the world not to give me babies, and I wanted them. But I got an adopted baby, and so she's precious to me, this little bundle in pink, and I loved her. I'd kiss her toes. I just loved her so much. When she was 18 years old, she walked out and said to me basically what my husband had said I don't want to be a Christian, I don't want to be your daughter, and I'm out of here. She got into drugs, got in trouble with the law. I'm so humiliated that I think I can't be in the ministry. How can I why would anybody listen to me? I can't even raise my own child. So after that I become self pity. Nobody nobody knows. And I'm a pastor. Oh you know the judgment that comes against you when you're a pastor and your kid goes weird? It's tough. Now I've been through a divorce. I got that strike against me. I'm a woman in ministry. Strike two. I got a kid that's in trouble. Strike three. I feel like I'm out. So I would sit in my bed at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, God, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing it. I quit. I can't. This enemy would come and say, You were a terrible mother. You were a terrible wife. That's why he left. You were a terrible mother. You are a terrible Christian. This thing would whisper in my ear. And I said, it's true. And then one day, the Lord said, no, you need to address that. and speak to him. I said, what should I say? Just speak what's in your heart. So that thing came to me at 3 o'clock in the morning telling me all this stuff. And I remember sitting up in bed the first time, and I looked at that thing, and I said, to hell with you! Because that's where you belong. Not in my room. I defeated that. This brings about unforgiveness. This right here, unforgiveness, bitterness. This right here is the seedbed. The Jebusites are the seedbed of self pity, bitterness, discouragement, anger, unforgiveness. I have a saying about unforgiveness and bitterness. It's pretty good. You might want to write it down. Unforgiveness is like a cup of poison. Unforgiveness is like a cup of poison that you drink, hoping the other person will die.
1: Unforgiveness.
3: unforgiveness
1: is a cup it's of poison. poison and bitterness, and bitterness too. To that you drink, drink. hoping and the other, other, other person will die. There's, there's, an,
2: there's an, antidote an antidote to that. To that.
1: And I'm going to talk to you tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow about, about the antidote for all this. this. Because this is, is this time what I'm to, stop, to you. stop you. That means actually you shouldn't, like, it's, it's like it's not, you know, on a mission. No, this has this, this this not, really nothing really with what you do. You this, do. You this, do. You this has to do with you who you are. Because, because you don't go and bring a message. Listen to me. You don't go and bring a message. You don't go
2: and bring a message. You go, you are
0: the message. It's how you behave, it's how you're kind to people. We think that if we believe, 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 believe that praises that pleases God. But Christianity is not just about believing. It is about believing, but it's also about behaving. How you behave. It's not just about oh I believe in Christ. Well good. So do the so do the devils. How do you behave? How do you behave? So, Father, here we are, a mess again. By the way, the Jews didn't close their eyes when they prayed, ever. It's a Christian thing, but you can, you can be a Christian. It's okay. So if you see me with my eyes open, it's because I kind of embrace that. The reason the Jews didn't close their eyes is because they were always afraid of an enemy. So they wanted to be keep their eyes open in case somebody jumped in and, you know, got them. So, Father, here we are, a mess, crazy mess twisted. We don't know how to look at things, but oh my God, we want to change. Will you help us, Lord? Help us to conquer fear. Help us to conquer that thing that says, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do it. It's scary. Don't do it. It's scary. Lord, help us to recognize that's not you. And Lord, let us release whatever the outcome is, uh, it's so hard to do. Oh, my gosh, it's hard to do. And, Lord, we still think of ourselves as very, very special all the time. Help us, Lord, to see someone else as special. And, Lord, we recognize that money is necessary, but help us not to fall in love with it or our own reputation. Help us not to scatter the people on our team. Help us not to scatter the people in our family. And Lord, help us not to know that we don't know all there is to know about you, that you are a great mystery and we can't just settle in. Oh, God, break that self-pity and discouragement that we carry and wear like a coat. Help us to take it off. Help us to sing under a great burden like we did yesterday, Lord. I love this song because it's not about you. It's about him. It's not about what you think of him. It's about who he
3: is. How great is our God. I will see how great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God.
0: I want you to think about one of those enemies that sing this song over the The sake of your kingdom and these wonderful people. Amen.